Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Drew Neiser. He's the author of The CMO's Periodic Table, A Renegade's Guide to Marketing. Learn the science and art of marketing from 64 thought leaders. Good to have you with us, Drew. Thank you. It's great to be here. So right off the bat, I'm curious, why A Renegade's Guide to Marketing? There could have been a lot of adjectives yes, inserted there, there. That's a yes. very specific choice. It is. Well, first of all, my company's name is Renegade, ah. and I've owned an agency called Renegade for, for 20 years now. Okay. And so, but importantly, I, I think there's lots of on marketing, and I wanted to bring some perspective, that my perspective as the author, and so I sought out people in the book who I felt uh, demonstrated some renegade characteristics as well. So what is the most essential characteristic of a marketing renegade, would well, you say? Well, first of all, I would say they're nonlinear thinkers. They don't simply say, hey, we got to do A, B, and C to get to D. They will allow for things to happen, a little serendipity, recognize that creativity is not always a, a direct line. Uh, second of all, they really understand the power of and um, these are folks that don't necessarily accept status quo. They hate words like best practices. And so if you're Daniel Lebetsky and you're a founder of Kind Snack, the and for you is healthy and snack. Mm -hmm. And But you know, before that, he had tried to put a company together that would be Middle East peace and commerce. And so he, those are big ands, and okay. he's a big thinker. So he's really, he's one of the true renegades in the book. Okay, so he's, he's a good example. Yeah. Uh, the next obvious question I have for you is it's such a clever concept. You know, you've created a marketing book and merged it with the periodic table of science. Chemistry, full disclosure, is my favorite subject at oh, school. Amazing. So I really appreciated this. Yeah. Uh, so, so why that merge of science and the periodic table? Well, I have to take you back a little bit. So what Renegade does is we help CMOs, chief marketing officers, find innovative ways to cut through. And in order to understand the CMOs better, I started to talk to them and I interviewed them. And it was a wonderful thing. I'd interview them and then write an article in Fast Company or Forbes and it was helpful to them. Right. But the amazing thing happened uh, along the Way. It was like a Vulcan mind meld. I started to absorb these cases, and they made me better as a marketer and my company better. And I thought, wow, there's some interesting cases here. Maybe there's a book in here. And a friend said after I hit 100 interviews, there's got to be a book in here. Right. So a week went by, and I went, ding. It was literally a ding. It was right. just one of those. And I said, periodic table, that'll be it. And I looked at Mendeleev. That's Dimitri Mendeleev's periodic table that he de designed in 1869. Yes. Uh, think about one other thing that's still in the classroom from 1869. Not much. Right. And that's so his patterns of basic elements from the very beginning all the way over to inert gases was just perfect in between. There were transitions. There were volatile. There were uh, things that I could borrow and use and create a way of looking at marketing that I thought was renegade. Right. No, but it's really cool because you, you look at the chart, you, know, you have all the columns, basic elements, internal elements, transitional trends, volatile, silicon rally, right. noble pursuits right. instead right. of noble gases. And right. then under each one of those columns, that's when you have each of these elements, so to speak, exactly. which is a one-on-one -on -one interview with a, with a marketing thought leader. These sort of the most accomplished minds in, in the marketing world. How did you go about sort of picking and choosing 
who you wanted to interview, and then creating elements from there. So it was a combination of things. When I met someone that I thought was really interesting, like Jeffrey Hazlett, for example, right. I said, I've got, I know him. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I've got to interview him. Right. And so I would track him down and interview him. And so that interview happened over a course of all my interviews over a five-year period. Now, when I decided to go to the elemental route, right. I had to look at those interviews and see what was the key essence of that. What could I boil it down to? And then. I ended up having to go back to everybody and say, hey, your element is this. Let's talk more about that specific element. And then I found some elements that I thought were missing, or I met someone like, one of my favorite stories in the book is about John Yembrick, who is from NASA. And he spoke with such passion at a conference I was at. I said, that element has to be in my book. And he was kind enough to give me an interview literally like three weeks before I was going to press. Wow, what was his element? His element is sharing passion. Oh, so it is passion. It is okay. passion. And if you look at these last characteristics and in, inert fundamentals, these are characteristics that I think are inside these people that, that help them be great. Uh, and I think that distinguish sort of average uh, marketers from, from great marketers. And, and passion is certainly one of those things. Okay, so let's go through some of your favorites. I mean, obviously, there's 64 <laughs> to choose from. We've already mentioned one. Right. Um, but some of them are leading change, rebranding, measure, right. cohesion. But what's interesting, what you just said is the element came after the interview. You know, you just kind of went in. Right had a talk and then you saw what the byproduct was. Yeah, exactly. I was looking for a story. I, I wanted to find the best story. Right. And had I started with the elemental, I probably would have approached this very differently. Sure. But I don't think it would have been quite as interesting because I got a broader perspective. And, and part of this is no marketing solution is one element. It's multiple elements. And so to say that this person's success is built on one thing is, is a little bit you know silly and short-sighted. So I, I felt like having uh, a core element and then being able to tell their larger story was helpful. A big issue in the, the marketing world is, is picking agencies. Do you keep them? Do you change them? And so I have one article that's about changing agencies from a friend, uh, Barbara Goodstein, who had changed two agencies. And basically the conclusion on that one is agencies never had a chance. They just don't. Forget about it. So uh, that was an interesting one. But on the flip side, what about eight, uh, clients that stayed with their partners a long time? Mm -hmm. So I talked to Terry Funk Graham, who was at Jack in the Box for 20 years, worked with one agency that entire time and did some incredible things. And my favorite is that she uh, actually had a spokesperson, Jack, and she ran him over with a bus on a Super Bowl ad. And you right. thought, wow, how do you do that? And, and she wanted to find out whether the fans really cared. It was hugely courageous. So what's the lesson there? Well, uh, the lesson there is, is courage. Is, okay. is, one, she knew uh, she had the right marketing partner. Um, she listened to them. She had a great relationship uh, with her CEO who backed her up. And she also understood uh, that there was no great advertising. It was kind of come from committee. So she had, to, she had to take it on herself, and she had to sort of take the risk and take it on the chin if it didn't work. C-Suite Radio. Who is the target of this book? Is, it, is this just for the CMO, or can this be applicable to, to other people in well, the C-Suite? Well, here's the good news. The CMOs that I know that have read this have written back and said, thanks, this was great. I got a lot of good ideas. Okay. But here's the That's reality. <laughs> I think we're all marketers, and we're marketing all the time. Whether you're trying to get your producer to take a, do a shot at one way or another, or you're trying to get your kid to eat broccoli, these are marketing challenges that if you understand the elements and know how to bring them together, um, you can do it. So I think we're all having to do it. I think there's a lot of pressure now on employees 
employees to be brand ambassadors. Sure. So they need to understand marketing. I think the C-suite in particular and board members who don't come from marketing, most board members, like less than 17% are from the marketing world, they need to understand marketing so they can challenge their CMOs better. Sure. Um, and then the most gratifying to me is that a number of university classes have adopted the book for their classrooms. Oh, that's terrific. So students are that's getting great. this, too. It's and, part of the syllabus. Yeah, I mean, I wish a book like this existed because there's a lot of shortcuts in here. You could save a lot of time right. if, if you actually study these cases and sort of internalize them. Yeah, but also just from a student's perspective, there's no, no greater sort of technique, you, you open up a book and it, it's just, it's easy to navigate. You know, this idea of the columns and the elements, right. you know, you know, there's a finite amount and, and like I said, it's just easy to get, to get in and out. You know, it doesn't seem, it's, it doesn't seem insurmountable. Yes. You know? It's well, easy to digest. So. At, at one point in my career, I actually worked with James Patterson, who was a, yeah. a writer at JWT and the, the secret among his early books was the short chapters. And a beauty of, of, of this book is the longest chapter is six pages. There you go. Right. <laughs> Less is more. I'm a big yes. believer in thank that. Thank you, James Patterson. <laughs> right. Thank you, James Patterson. What type of animal is the successful CMO. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So after the after I wrote the book, people were asking me, well, what are the common characteristics of, of a great CMO? And, and the answer sort of came to me in an acronym, CATS. Right. Uh, and, and CATS stands for courageous, artistic, thoughtful, and scientific. And okay. I can go through and give yeah. you an example of. Sure. So courageous is this notion that you have two years maybe as a CMO, but I think every one of us are under a lot more pressure than we think. And we have to do something courageous or we're probably gonna lose our job and we're certainly not gonna get ahead if we don't do something courageous. Right. So one example of courage was Sir Terry Leahy who was the CMO of Tesco, a food company. They were in second place. He had been following the competition all along. He said, no, this is stupid. Let's do something bold. He risked 25% of the profits to launch a loyalty card. First one in the industry in the world, wow. hugely successful. He ended up becoming CEO and then was knighted. So I would su suggest that his courage paid off. Right, yeah. Artful, this notion of artful is not that you have to be creative, but you have to understand the importance of artisticness and being curious. And I think Beth Comstock of General Electric is such a great example. She's such a curious individual. She spends 25% of her time outside the office gathering information and bringing it back so so that artfulness thoughtful is is an interesting one it has to do with thinking more about the world and your customers than yourself and your brand it's being outward focused instead of inward um, and then lastly scientific and and the reason scientific is so important is and I have to go back to Jeffrey in the first column in the book is if you don't use the scientific method in what you do no matter what challenge you have you are going to fail you right. need to understand the conditions of satisfaction. You need to set some hypotheses. And you need to test your way to success. Well, that's what science is. And so I think the marketers who hope they're going to get the, the grand slam with the artful idea are missing out on a key component, which is the scientificness that's, that's there for them. Right, because it is a science. So when you, in terms of laying out these 64 right. elements, was there a method to the madness? Like you mentioned Jeffrey, he starts right. off the book. Right. So how did you sort of pick and choose what well, would go where and which column? Uh, thank you. That's a Great question, I, and I love that because I did. It was a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, it is. Uh, and and I wanted to start with Jeffrey because I felt that was a very. You can't get to the other 63 if you don't set expectation. Okay. And then I wanted to end with innovation as the sort of real goal. And I think uh, General Electric has done some incredible things over the years. I mean, they were the first B2B brand on Pinterest and the first B2B brand on Instagram, and just doing in, innovative things all along. And so right. I thought that was.
was a great, uh, those were bookends. There's also, there's some method here in that, look, marketing changes all the time, right? There's new elements, and so these volatile factors and transitional trends, to me, these are the ones that are important today, it may not be as important tomorrow, right? Right, yeah, right. right. But things like noble pursuits, I would argue, are going to be on the list forever. These are types of marketing, whether it's marketing as as service or pure creativity. These are things that I suspect will survive okay. uh, the next hundred years, power. right? And so these are these are more uh, in the middle. It's a lot more tactical elements, mm -hmm. right? So. I'm sort of wondering, 64, it's a very yeah. specific number, because I asked you ahead of the right. interview, how many elements are on the actual periodic table, well, but it changes. It does. Constantly it does. And, and so let me tell you about Dimitri's uh, table first. So right. in 1869, he creates this chart, and I think there was about 75 elements on it. But there were holes in the chart. He anticipated oh, he elements uh -huh. that hadn't been discovered yet. They were all discovered in the next 50 years. Right. And so I, I will take license and, and say that not all the elements have been discovered. This is hardly a comprehensive list. In the, I thought the book would get too long. So I had to cut it off somewhere. This was a good, 64 seemed like a nice round number. Right. What's All been right. the reaction so far to this idea? Are people taking to it? People like it. And what, what's interesting, is depending on where you are, like seasoned marketers don't read this linearly. They just they grab the chapters that they're interested in right. and they pick and choose. Where if you're new to marketing or you're not in marketing at all, you read it in the order that it was written, and it, and it sort of builds in a, in a nice way. So it's been doing well. Right. I was going to ask you, so who is the person that can just sort of pick and choose, and it's the experienced marketer? Exactly. Because they may already understand marketing automation, but they want to understand what's, what social media success really mean, or, or how do we do some of these other areas better, or, or a lot of things like internal elements. And this is a thing that most uh, CMOs struggle with a lot. How do I organize my department? That's big. When do I know it's time to reorganize? organize right. and, and things like that. Those are internal issues. Gotcha. I hate, I always hate asking this yes. question because it's such a comprehensive book and it's all invaluable, but what would you say is the biggest takeaway? Well, or the I, biggest element. Right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there, there are several takeaways that I, I, I can't pick to a biggest element because, again, uh, one of the fundamental beliefs, this is not a theory book. Okay. And the reason it's not a theory book is I don't believe there is one theory or one size that fits all to any marketing circumstance. So Antonio Lucio, who is here uh, under measure, um, is, was, when I interviewed him, was the CMO at Visa. Well, now he's at HP. Well, the circumstances have changed. He'll, sure. he'll approach the job certain areas, the fundamentals, the basic uh, elements he'll approach the same, but the marketing mix will be completely different. So I think one big takeaway is that you need to adjust, and, and you have to keep adjusting, and, you know, which is part of the scientific method. So some of the other big takeaways are never forget the basics. I mean, you really need a strategy. You need to know where you want to go. You need to plan. Um, you need to gather forces around you. So basic elements are true for almost any business challenge or, frankly, personal challenge. Sure. Um, another area that I think is, is really important is courage. I think this notion of going for it and, and having the, the chutzpah to, to really go for it, I think is so important, particularly for chief marketing officers because they have so little time. But I would argue all of us have very little time. Right. And, and so think big and, and go for it. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a terrific book, and it's so unique and clever and um, Thank you. cleverly uh, sort of place within the periodic right. table. It's a really uh, unique concept. So thanks for spending some time with us. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for, for reading it and asking yeah. such great questions. But no, but it's, the 64 elements are really, it's really <laughs> cool stuff. So I can't recommend it enough. Uh, if you'd like to check out the book, all you have to do is go to our website, csweetbookclub.com, c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. 
This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.